African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, on DSTV channel, uh, we are on channel 802 on the audio bouquet into sub-Saharan Africa, those who have that particular channel. And remember, if you listen to us internationally, we are on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, thank you to our Johannesburg team that has been talking about to us here in Durban. That's where we broadcast we are at Durban's International Convention Center where the second annual Africa Tourism Leadership Forum starts today in a very interesting way where it's starting with the Africa Youth in Tourism Summit. Now, this particular uh, forum aims to bring together, toward the start of this particular forum, young people in the fields of tourism, travel, aviation, hospitality, and academia, to find ways in which young people can be more engaged in entrepreneurship in the industry. Earlier on, I was listening to Judy Keborgona, who was uh, speaking. She's the Executive Director of Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agenda and she's based in Kenya. She was saying that since Africa has a dominating youth population, it needs to start thinking more on how to grow economically in terms of involving young people in this particular uh, tourism industry. Now, the forum is also incorporating Youth Innovators uh, Competition, which is a platform for entrepreneurs between the age of 18 to 35 to present their projects to potential funders, partners, and mentors. Now we're going to be speaking to Kwache Donko, who is the CEO of Africa Tourism Partners, who is one of the innovators of this particular uh, gathering. Thank you, Kwache, for giving us your time. It's the uh, second time I speak to you in African Dialogue, so it's great to have you back on our program after a year. The last time I remember speaking to you at uh, Indaba two years ago. So thank you for giving us your time and inviting us here at the forum. Thank you very much and uh, thank you to Channel Africa for always uh, being with us and making sure that the narratives we want to share across the world have been well propagated. Thank you. Now, let's look at the Africa Tourism Leadership Forum before we get into the reason why you wanted to start it off with a bang, looking at uh, young people in tourism. Tell us a little bit about it. Where did the idea come from? And this is the second one this year around. So just let our listeners who are finding out the, for the first time around the forum what it's all about. Uh, Africa, to be honest, has got the best uh, tourist access in the world uh, from culture to our humanity to resources to our people you, you you can talk in volumes in terms of what Africa has got as far as tourism is concerned however the tourism arrivals and receipts uh, and the numbers in Africa is not comparable to the rest of the world uh, the challenge has been we've never stood up to share our own stories with the rest of the world. We've never basically made an attempt to be able to do things ourselves and then we get people from all over the world coming to tell us how we should run our tourism sector, what should be done. So African Tourism Leadership is basically an initiative of bringing 
thought leaders from both the private and public sector together, uh, looking at ways of, of, of innovating our strategies, where we do things to make sure that we are able to grow, in particular, uh, intra-Africa tourism. So it's an initiative created in Africa for Africans, hosted by Africans and run in Africa. And, and that is what it's about. And we believe that through this particular platform, we'll be able to get our leaders, our top leaders, and all stakeholders in the industry, speak with a common voice, and be able to address the challenges that we face in the industry, and at the same time, optimize or amplify the, the voices that basically will help us to work around issues that we need to advocate for. You said something very interesting around the issue of us managing the narrative of our own story, especially when it comes to African industries. Why do you think it's important for us Africans ourselves to be starting to take ownership of, of those particular narratives, especially when it comes to business and formalized industries? Sometimes we take a step back and we allow other people to give us the projections of what Africa is and where Africa is going. How important is it for you that we should start actually repositioning our own narrative and start re-projecting ourselves as Africa? I personally don't believe that somebody should go out and tell my personal stories. And as a continent, I don't think that we should get people outside to tell our stories because the emotions and our attachment to those stories are not the same when the stories are being told by other people. Two, they don't understand the genesis of those stories that they are telling. They know where the stories come from, and the stories are never the same. Um, it, it's, it's basically uh, getting somebody to tell you who you are, uh, which which is never on. Nobody can tell who you are. As an individual, you know who you are, and you, you know what wakes up wakes you up in the morning, and basically what's what's been said switches you on. So as Africans, we have to be telling our story. And I'll be honest, the reason why we are talking to Channel Africa uh, is because you are an African homegrown uh, uh, media house. And we wish that we should be using that platform to basically tell the stories, rather than getting people coming from outside our continent and coming to tell us who we are, the tourism attraction we've got, and how we should grow our tourism. One can look at tourism from different perspectives. Infrastructure matters. But if you look at sustainability, if you look at the resource that we have, some of them have absolutely got have got absolutely nothing to do with infrastructure. Mm -hmm. If I want to go into the bush to see the gorillas, I want to go and, and sit with the people in my village and dance and sing and eat the cut the, 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 the traditional food and stuff. You got nothing to do with infrastructure. But you got people outside the continent and telling us that you can't travel around Africa because of A, B, C and D. We understand there are challenges. But that's not the end of the world. We should still be able to live within those challenges and be able to leverage them and generate the growth and the income that we need. And I don't think that we've done that enough. So this platform is basically there for us to start challenging ourselves. And as we challenge ourselves, we'll be able to look at ways of dealing with our challenges, solve them possibly, or advocate for them to be solved, and also be able to still deal with whatever we have and make the best out of it. You know, and, you and, 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 that, that, yeah, sure. and that is basically what the whole initiative, and that's why we are very passionate about it. Quite, I can hear your 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 passion behind it because for a long time it's something that we've kind of take it for granted. The tradition of tourism in Africa has been entrenched by kind of a colonial um, result, because the ownership of some of our most beautiful um, resorts and uh, uh, game reserves are owned by people outside the continent or even managed by 
not even the communities that those spaces are around. And that's where sometimes we've lost control of owning tourism as Africans, whether it's our governments or as, as communities. We've lost that power over our own resources. And tourism is one of our resources, which we think oh, it's just a, it's a soft industry, but it brings in a lot of revenue into the continent. How do you think we can shift that and start re-owning our tourism destinations? It's, 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 a, it's a conundrum. Mm -hmm. um, it, I, I don't believe that we should be chasing people outside the continent mm -hmm. or everything should be 100% owned by us mm -hmm. because life is about partnerships, about collaboration, mm -hmm. and it's about somebody owning the asset and another person bringing the money mm -hmm. to make sure that you grow it together. Mm -hmm. So bringing investment onto the continent and working with other people, it, there is nothing wrong about sure. that. Uh, we are also in a global village, mm -hmm. so there's nothing wrong about that. Mm -hmm. But the people living closer to the community, to those assets, must benefit. Mm -hmm. Not be sitting on the peripherals, mm -hmm. must benefit for it. They must have part of the ownership. Mm -hmm. So you look at organizations like Africa World Foundation. We currently did awards. We got uh, African Parks. You got a couple of initiatives on the continent that are contributing to this. You got some that would like to come and take everything away. And that is what we are against. We got to collaborate. We may have some, the people living next to the resources may not have the intellectual capacity. They may not have the, the, the energy and, and the money to invest in it. But it's still an asset that they own. And, and they have be, been taking care of these things since time immemorial. So it does not really sit well with me, or I think most of us in Africa, people come and they want to repatriate everything from that particular base of the resource into another part of the world. So we are saying that we let's, let's collaborate. So as much as we are running these platforms, it's also an opportunity to tell people that they are welcome to come and work with us. But we don't want them to come and take, I would say, to recolonize us. Let me put it that way. Again, we are prepared to share because they will bring value. They will bring. They will help us to optimize the value of those properties. They will help us to monetize some of the things that we are not monetizing. However, it doesn't mean that they should take absolute control. So we can take control in a different form, in a different way, by working with other people, because there is a saying that when you travel alone, you go very fast. But when you travel with a group of other people, you don't go fast, but you go very far. So people are still welcome. However, we don't want them to come and turn us into slaves in our own backyards. Well, it's also interesting that you're starting this forum this year around with the Youth Summit. And we know that has been the big narrative in this last year, specifically around the youth population and the fact that we're seeing a lot of strains. And the emphasis has been around the fact that, yes, we saw this youth population as this big potential for Africa, but more and more we're starting to realize that this youth demographic has challenges in themselves, and sometimes they are in the periphery of industries, and it's very interesting that you thought, hey, let me start this particular summit with engaging first the young people. How come? You, I, think, I think you said it all. You know, every society without a youth is a dead society. It's called like a tree. When you cut it off, the branches make the tree grow and regenerate. Mm. So it's a regenerating system. Now, on the industry, the youth have been sitting on the peripherals. Mm. You get people doing catering, doing swimming, uh, sweeping rather, uh, housekeeping and all these things. 
and, and, and the reason why it's like that is we've not really made a conscious effort to make sure that we get them to understand the opportunities within the industry that they can aspire to. There is a lot of talk um, by our political principals, but I think they are there for policy. They are not the implementers. They can give us the guidelines and create an enabling environment. They are making the right noises, but it's up to us, the private sector, to be able to take make sense out of the noises that they are making because in a way they are creating an enabling environment. They will not be able to invest. The government will not be able to employ anyone. And not everyone will get a job. So it's up to us, the private sector, to be innovative, to be able to bring this together and guide them and mentor them and show them the way and say you don't have to finish school and always go and look for a job. You can do that. Or if you go, you start as a cleaner, you got to aspire to say. So the Youth Summit is here to motivate the young people around Africa across the tourism value chain to show them that these are the opportunities. You don't have to end up being a cleaner. But even if you happen to be a cleaner, being the best cleaner ever so that you earn the best remuneration for it. So the Youth Innovating Tourism Innovation Summit is looking beyond tourism and looking beyond innovation, beyond technology. I, I said it during my opening statement that when we look at innovation, we only talk about technology. But the truth is, ideation and innovation is beyond technology. So we are trying to get the youth to think along those that, that kind of path and be able to start doing things themselves. We also want to use this as a platform to create opportunity for mentorship. So you, in future, will create a mentor and mentee program that they can talk to you and say, I don't want to go to the hotel and work. I want to be in radio, but I want to talk about tourism. Sure. I want to talk about hospitality. I want sure. to talk about aviation. Sure. At the moment, a lot of them don't understand. People think tourism is just being in the, in the hotel. Some people say being a tour operator or being in travel. It goes beyond that. So the whole idea of the Youth in Tourism Innovation Summit is to unpack these opportunities that are there and give the kids or the youth the chance to be able to aspire to much higher heights that they could grow to become general manager, they could become pilots, or they may not become pilots, but they could marketing directors, marketing managers, uh, commercial directors within the industry. And that is what we are looking at, and that is the whole essence of this. And that is why we have the youth innovation competition also to see what kind of, what is the level of appreciation of innovation out there. Okay. Uh, so that is the sure. whole essence of, of, of the youth program. So Kwacha, I've got just a minute left. In terms of what we could actually be looking forward to, I know the summit is only today and there's more in the programs for the next few days in terms of what you are emphasizing in the, the forum. Tell us a little bit what we can look forward to in the next few days because I know that there's a couple of days still yeah. here. Um, tomorrow we'll be looking at uh, how the leaders and the captains of the industry could look at unlocking the potential of what we call the my sector and, and what are the components of that sector that we could leverage because a sector that has not been leveraged for a while because of lack of understanding and people failing to understand what it got to offer so business tourism and my tourism and how we need to unlock the different components that we could leverage from as a continent. So that is purely for tomorrow. And uh, we are looking at captains of industry, as I said, with a few policymakers sure. coming together and say, how do we go about this? And what are the key outcomes? And then what we are expecting two things. 
one of them is what are the issues that we need to advocate for and what are the issues that we can implement ourselves and possibly next year we'll be able to implement some of them and we could have advocated for more and, and might have gotten a bigger voice like we did out last year we're having the youth then on thursday we are looking at some of the critical strategic high level issues that impacts on the industry we did that in ghana last year but we keep on repeating until we see solutions one of them we are looking at thought leadership across the industry and innovative leadership innovative leadership how are we as leaders think well in advance five ten years twenty years down the line rather than just looking at what is happening today running an event today and then forgetting about what is happening tomorrow so thought leadership is extremely important we believe that to stimulate that to stimulate rather into africa travel and that will link to issues like visa openness across sure. the continent um last year we talked about it and now we are seeing some progress we see south africa is relaxing for a couple of countries sure. uh, ghana the way they were last year they even got to the next level uh, a lot of countries are improving so we we'll keep on making those noises we don't control that but we can only make noise about it and, and get people to understand the essence of those uh, we are looking at connectivity is also another big issue uh, we are looking at sustainability is a very big thing because we don't realize that the value of sustainability is far beyond anything that we do and i think jody will be the right person to talk about that uh, china has become a very topical issue uh, China readiness and, and, and is China ready for Africa? All those issues are there that we have to look into. So we are looking at those issues that will get our top leaders or our leaders to become more thoughtful about the way that we progress going forward into the future. So those are what we, we are looking at within the last two days and uh, we hope that next year we would have made some, 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 some progress in some of the issues that we are going to discuss in the last couple of days. Thank you so much, Kwasha, for giving us your time. That's the pioneer of the Africa Tourism Leadership Forum. That's Kwasha Dinko, who is a CEO of the Africa Tourism Partners. When we come back, we'll come back to uh, the conversation that is happening uh, today, which is uh, looking at the Africa Youth in Tourism Summit. How are we making sure that young people are not just on the sidelines when we talk about uh, the tourism industries? Uh, we're going to be speaking to Judy Kepper Ogona, who is the Executive Director for Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agendas. And also we have Marang Marekimane, who is the Managing Director of Lean Business and founder of Business Process Mechanics. Let's take a quick break. I think we're continuing uh, the conversation that I just heard an hour ago on Vision 2030, where young people were speaking about the challenges of young people in industries and how do we make sure small, medium enterprises are stimulated for young people and they become more entrepreneurial. So I was listening to the show while preparing for this one, uh, the show before this one. So we want to continue on that theme accidentally today on our program, African Dialogue. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger, in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices, and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9, and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise, Africa, rise. Channel Africa. 
the voice of the African Renaissance. Building Africa with love. Hujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts. And if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. We're broadcasting outside the SABC studios in Johannesburg. We've right here back at the ICC. We've been here for a couple of times this year. We're at Durban's International Convention Center where the Africa Tourism Leadership Forum is taking place. It's its second uh, occasion as was mentioned by Kwachi. The first one took place last year in uh, Ghana and today we're right here in Durban and we're speaking around the Youth Summit which is uh, the focus of uh, uh, the forum this year. Uh, it's starting out on this particular platform and now we're joined by Judy Kepergona who is the Executive Director for Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agendas all the way from Kenya and we have Marang Marekimane who is the Managing Partner rather, of uh, Lean Business and Founder of uh, Business Process Mechanics. Uh, well, thank you both ladies uh, for giving us your time right here on Channel Africa. Let me start with you Judy because I was listening to your talk earlier on and you were speaking around around the issue of how we can actually uh, create a space for young people within uh, the industry. Let me look at uh, uh, the title itself of your talk. It's titled The Essence of Innovative Leadership and Thought Leadership in Building Socially Responsible Startups and Social Enterprises. Now, we know that uh, the, the youth demographic is huge in terms of its population, as I was uh, telling Kwache, and he knows that himself. But just to give our listeners the... Um, predicted uh, estimations that uh, these are by 2055 the continent's youth population and we're only talking about people aged between 15 and 24 which is that also that age group is also kind of questionable in itself as as defining as youth and it's expected to be more than double uh, the 2015 total of 226 million that's a, a lot of people who are going to just double that amount uh, uh, Judy but there are challenges as I was saying to Kwacha that you know the 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 tourism industry is also entrenched in its own traditional outlooks, traditional destinations, and there's almost a stereotype around the industry in itself, and it's got its own business elite. Um, and, you know, it's not an easy thing to ask a young person to just start a small, medium enterprise in Africa because it, it is already saturated. I mean, I, I look at Durban itself. I mean, how many tourist guides there are and how many uh, tourist agencies there are and how many... It's just so many people are already saturating that particular industry, which makes it more interesting because you have to start being more innovative when you're an entrepreneur. Um, so how do people, young people, navigate themselves around that, that space? Because already it is challenging. We can't lie about it. The first thing that uh, young people need to do, like I said earlier this morning, you cannot grow in any industry. You cannot develop yourself if you're not knowledgeable. So the first space that young people need to have is these spaces where they can exchange knowledge, where they can learn about the current happenings in the industry. 
and they need to do that cross-learning amongst themselves, amongst the youth themselves. They have to engage youth from different parts of the country. They need to talk to each other about their experiences in tourism. And they have to exchange their ideas on how to make tourism better. Just by taking the first step to think about it and be informed about it is a great opportunity for the youth to find a space that is relevant um, for them. It's very interesting that I have observed over the last maybe 10 years that there is a new space for communication in tourism. That's why quite you say, we all don't have to be tour operators. Mm. We all don't have to be selling packages. Mm. We all don't have to be guides. But if we look deeper with what is happening with tourism today, there's a lot of spaces that are being created where the youth are needed. Now, Kwachi just mentioned that Africa needs a new narrative about its tourism. And I keep saying that that new narrative is intra-Africa travel and tourism. Now, who's going to communicate this new narrative? Who is technology savvy? Who knows how to use these spaces to communicate Africa? Now, the youth can position themselves to communicate Africa's tourism. And that by itself is an opportunity for the youth. In the last five years, something very interesting happened in Kenya, where um, youth have become disruptors. They have disrupted the tourism industry in a way that uh, the mainstream operators, the ones you call the elite, had to rise up and start noticing that there was somebody who was doing something, and they were doing something different. Now, traditionally, Africa's tourism has been designed for the foreigner. It's never been designed for Africa. We've never done tourism for Africa. We've done tourism for other people. And that's why it has been a very exclusive industry managed by um, some elite who have built walls that are so high for our youth to go over. They don't even know what's going on, on, the, other side, on, yeah. on the other side. So. And so we, we are saying today that these walls must be brought down. Yeah, they must be brought down and everybody must be given an opportunity. We should see what is in tourism. Tell us a little bit about that because I'm, I'm interested in how they are interrupting yes. um, the space, yes. the young people. Can you give us um, yes, an example? Yes. Now, what this um, uh, young people coming out of college decided to do, they decided we're not going to uh, look for employment. Yeah. We are going to help young people to travel in Kenya. And uh, they did not own tour vehicles, okay. right? Uh, they just registered their business companies. They created new packages of travel that was for not even middle-class Kenya, lower, lower, lowest yeah. of middle-class, so hey, including let's, let's have a group and then we go on a bus together. Oh yes, that's what they started. Yeah. They were like, let's meet at this uh, bus stop on Saturday morning yeah. at 7 o'clock, we'll take you out, we'll bring you back at 5. Yeah. And it was affordable. Yeah. And there's so many Kenyans who were coming out, it was unbelievable how yeah. Kenyans did not know their country. Yeah. Now, over time they got registered as an association by themselves, and they call themselves the Tour Operator Society of Kenya, because again, the wall for the existing tourism association in Kenya was too high. Yeah for them to scale, because that wall says, you must own this number of vehicles registered in your company name. Where do I get that? Yeah, I am yeah. 
I've just gotten out of school. I've yeah. got an idea. I want to be self-employed. Sure. Why do you have this many barriers yeah. to join this association? You must have this uh, turnover. You must register. You yeah. must have that uh, registered vehicles under yeah. your name. Your vehicles must have this kind of insurance. You know. So the barriers were just too many. But they decided we are going to do it. And after they had done it, they, the regulators noticed that we can't ignore them. There are so many of them and they are addressing a market Fantastic. that has not been addressed for a long time. Well, let me come to you, Marang, because, you know, I love what um, is being highlighted there by Judy. I think it's fantastic to see that kind of innovative kind of mindsets and kind of changing the stereotypes also around travel. Well, you were speaking around what also uh, Judy was highlighting as key as the issue of intra-travel. And here, your um, presentation is the case of Afro-travel for intra-African youth travel. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's a, a very interesting idea because, like you were saying, Judy was saying um, that uh, hey, it's it's very difficult to find young people being stimulated to travel even within the continent. Yes, that mindset is changing, but also the also the destination type where people are going is also changing. As we're hearing from Judy as an example, mm -hmm. give us your thoughts what what you were presenting today. Well, Afro Travel is actually a platform that we are soon launching that is a combination of the things that Judy's talking about. So finding those service providers that are meeting an untapped market mm -hmm. that would otherwise have been ignored by the larger industry organizations in it that are designed for European and American travelers, everyone but the African traveler. Um, the other part of it is that it is giving resources to those service providers so that they become more professional and they can actually scale their businesses. So it's a combination of those two things. And what we primarily want to do is dispel those misconceptions about traveling. I'm too young, I can't go too. Let's stop there, right? I am um, I'm young as a startup and I don't have access to market. That's another uh, avenue that you'll be able to access the platform. So we want to encourage youth service providers in the tourism industry to load up their service offerings and say, hey, here's a tour in Kenya that says you can take this bus from one point and go to the next point and back. Um, because those kind of packages don't, it's not just about travel, it's, it's learning about what do the locals here do. It is things that are going to dispel a lot of conversations, especially around xenophobia, um, intolerances that we have around, uh, that are fueled by discrimination, are going to be dispelled by that because I now know what happens in Kenya. I now know hap what happens in a Rwanda or And if I want, if as a youth member, I now want to, um, explore what happens in those areas. I can see the packages that are being offered by people that are my peers and actually go and explore those places. Because I think that's also another thing that has been quite intimidating about how travel packages in Africa have been, uh, have been set up. You know, you have to have lots of money to, to do all of those things. But this now is going to change um, that narrative around those things. And I think also, something that we don't understand as Africans for a long time, we also always thought that it was always about prioritizing the big money. Yeah. And also kind of, that is also shifting. I, I see that's also changing a little bit. And I think what we have to start reimagining is the fact that if we create our own culture of tourism within the continent, that also will change the way other people coming outside the continent engage with, with, with Africa. Most definitely. Um, 
if if people started sharing, I mean, it's just a small thing like a travel diary. If I started telling you about my journeys in different parts of the continent and things, I'm hoping that it will inspire the next person to say, hang on, you mean I can actually go do some of those things? I mean, we had, when we were looking and doing our market research, we had people sending us pictures from all their different types of travels and sharing fun facts about their the, the various cities. And the question was, why, would, why should I come to your city, right? People shared fun facts and things and that made me realize that A, there's a whole lot more that we don't know from a history point of view, from our identity point of view, that could be shared just purely from a travel experience. They are um, people that would never have thought, let me go see, I mean, South Africa is even, uh, South Africans are a good example of this. Someone has lived in Cape Town, has never been to Table Mountain. They've lived there for, for the past 10, 15 years of their lives. They've never thought, let me go to Table Mountain, right? And you hear a lot of those And it's stories. a free experience. It, yeah, free. right? It, there's ways for you to now interact with, the, with that space without necessarily having to cost you an arm and a leg. But anything. Yes, but up until you have a conversation with somebody about how do I get there, you'll never get there because there's nothing that sparks that up that that curiosity for you, um, and which is why this is what we're driving through with with um, Afro travel, especially that the sharing of the travel diaries is that educate me about where you're from, spark a curiosity, let tell me how to get there. Right, and then we connect it to the packages that say this is how you get here, sure. um, and giving those people the resources to change their mindsets. Well, also let's let's look at also the fact that we are kind of emphasizing let's create small medium enterprises and let's let's make this thing happen. But also there's this saturation that's becoming a problem. Judy, how do we create more entrepreneurs? We're already sometimes this industry can be saturated in our various countries. Like I use Durban as an example. I think it's the perfect example. Everyone is a tour guide here. You know, uh, everyone is owning these tour buses here. You know, it's kind of it's everyone is kind of trying to do the same thing. It's almost like in South Africa, it's a black thing when you when you go to like a market, everyone is selling the same fruit. You're like, how come you guys are all selling the same fruit? Someone finds something that's not being sold here, you know? It's kind of a, an African phenomenon where we, we like duplicating what someone else is doing because it works for that particular person. That's a big challenge for Africa in this industry, isn't it? Especially for young people. Yes, uh, it is a challenge uh, because uh, uh, they have not been given spaces to learn how to do it different. Okay. Africa's tourism has been a copy-paste industry for as long as we can remember. Everybody wants to do what the other person has, is doing without even understanding what they themselves as a company want for their client. They don't know why that person designed that product and what they wanted for their client. But we have run as a copy-paste industry, yet we can differentiate our experiences. That's why companies or, or enterprises need to have identity. And that is what one of the things that my organization does through our Young Change Makers program. We're trying to um, um, give the youth opportunities to learn that they need to not just think about the package because that package could be anywhere. Your logo could be removed on it and it could be anybody's package. But what is it that defines what you are offering? What is the experience? And that's why we say to the youth today, don't sell packages. Mm. Create, sell experiences. create experiences. Sure, sure. And when we talk about creating experiences, I don't think we have limits. We have limited ourselves. We look like we are oversaturated mm. because of how we have copy-pasted tourism. Mm. 
over the years okay. and that's why it's 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 really it's 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 a double edged sword to uh, to tackle mindsets okay. and we're tackling we have to tackle mindsets of those who have been in tourism who have been those places who have created those walls okay. and those walls are not just in private sector they're also in public sector we have to tackle those mindsets. We have to change mindsets on how we look at um, uh, tourism and how we engage with tourism. When we tackle those mindsets and start opening this space and creating opportunities for youth to think and innovate, we have an opportunity to create something different. I won't go back to the disruption I was mentioning about Kenya. Until five years ago, nobody traveled to a certain part of Kenya for tourism in a place we call Turkana or Northern Kenya. Okay. Now, this youth went on a farm trip by road. Everybody would say that, no, it's, you know, in, in Kenya it was called the Northern Frontier, the Forgotten District. It was uh, historically, it is uh, characterized with banditry and cattle rustling and cattle rustling and conflicts and all that. But they started a hashtag. In Kiswahili, we say Twende Turkana, let's mm. go to Turkana. Wow. Today, Turkana is in the bucket list of Kenyans. Wow. And tourism in Turkana is not being driven by foreigners. Mm. It's Kenyans going there. There's a cultural festival that has suddenly bloomed out of wow. northern Kenya. Wow, and and, and there's, there's many opportunities. In, in tourism, I don't believe that we are saturated. I believe that uh, we are saturated in as far as packages, old traditional packages are concerned, but we are yet to explore Africa. Africa is yet to explore Africa, and the rest of the world is yet to explore Africa. What they have seen now is something that was put together by somebody else who had them in mind and thought that this is what they should see. So we defined luxury and travel to Africa based on somebody else's standards. We did not invite them into our homes. We told them we are going to recreate your homes here. We're going to make you, we know you like this. So we will build our hotels like this. You will sleep in that kind of hotel. We did not invite them to our homes. We simply transferred their homes here and told them sure. you, you can come. Yeah, we built another Caesars Ex hotel when they have Ex their own. Exactly. But hey, look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Judy is saying, sure. you know, when it comes to um, the innovative space, it's always going to be a challenge to introduce something new. Yeah. And because we've got a very, I mean, tourism has been very traditional, and like, you know, the copy and paste that she's talking about is that that is going to be one of the biggest barriers to try and overcome because that copy and paste is institutionalized from the associations, from even the tourist mindset. Already when we are looking to, to travel somewhere, we if we don't recognize the brand of the hotel name, mm. all of a sudden it's a stumbling block, sure. right? So that's where the challenges are going to come in is that I'm going to give you an experience, but this experience is not going to be on the level of this Marriott hotel that you may have otherwise been seen to. Mm -hmm. This experience this time round is you actually the yeah. invitation sure. is actually going to be the game changer sure. here that yes. I'm now inviting you for to a homestay. Home. Yeah. I'm now inviting you to go off the beaten track. It's stuff mm -hmm. that is unfamiliar to you, right? When we say safari now we might even have to change it because I might not be showing you the animals over there. <laughs> now safari is you just roughing it out with me in in the streets of my African city yeah. to learn what the locals are all about. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and not to liken us to animals in any way. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> no, was no, 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 not to liken us to animals. But, but, but the tourism element okay. of the sights and sounds of a local city is yeah. what's going to now change the narrative of how do we travel on this continent. Yeah. But we have to be bold enough to do this. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the traditionalists in tourism, I'm sorry to use that word, it's not in an insultive way, yeah. but the traditionalists in tourism, what are you, it's impossible. But there is room for being innovative, being bold. Somebody has to start it and somebody has to do it. And that's why I finished my presentation by asking the youth, which space will you <coughs> occupy? Because when you occupy that space, you are knowledgeable enough, you're motivated enough, you know exactly where you want to go with, you can solve the problems of that place and of your traveler, and you can identify with the issues that the traveler have thought of traveling before. It's called Turkana. Turkana. Now you want to go, right? Now I want to go because it sounds like a Wakanda experience or so. It's like, hey. <laughs> kind of rhymes with that. But I have to let it go. This this conversation is fantastic. I wish we could continue. But we've really run out of time. But thank you to the ladies for giving us this very interesting narrative around tourism. It's exactly what we need as Africa. And I hope that you inspired as a young person or even as a... An, a person who just is into a tourism business and is starting to think differently around what tourism is. Uh, thank you to Judy Kepagona, who is the Executive uh, Director for Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agendas, all the way from Kenya. And in South Africa, we've got Marang Marekimane, who is a Managing Partner of Lean Business and Founder of Business Process Mechanics. Well, I'm just over my time with a minute, so I have to really cross over uh, to Johannesburg. Thanks to the team all the way here. So thank you to everyone in Joburg and in Durban for coordinating uh, this. But until tomorrow, we'll be uh, broadcasting here once again, getting more insights on this industry uh, because the conversation is so versatile when it comes uh, to this particular industry. But for me, Benjamin Mishat, I'm all the way from Durban. Until next time, God bless.